0: What would make your Shabbos even better? A good Devar Torah, a great story, a stimulating halachic question. How about all three? Here's Rabbi Yoni Sonnenblick LCSW. Enjoy the podcast. Good erev Shabbos, and welcome to Setting the Table. Uh, this week we have a sponsor, and uh, this should this Torah should be Leil Nishmas. Menachem Mendel and Yaakov. And uh, if anyone would like to sponsor, Baruch Hashem, we're getting a lot of feedback, a lot of listeners. If anyone would like to sponsor, please reach out to me or to Five Town Central. Okay. Pahar <clears throat> Um We'll start with a beautiful idea from the Chassam Sofer. The Chassam Sofer brings from his Rebbe. And uh, it's on the, the Pasuk. Vachaltem lach Lesova. Which uh, the push of shot is we're talking about the brachos that you'll have if you uh, keep the Torah and the mitzvos. and the push of shot in these words is that you will eat bread to satiation, meaning <clears throat> you'll have enough bread that you could even be satisfied, as opposed to the klala, where you just you, you'll always be hungry, and so that's certainly the the shot. Uh, however, the hafla, the Rebbe Lachsam Sofer, he said a different, a different read on these words. He said that means that the food will be able to be eaten even after you're already satisfied. And he says, the same applies uh, with the Karman Pesach and when we eat the Afikomen. And Lachsam Sofer says, let me explain to you <clears throat> what he means. He says that the Gemara, the Gemara Megillah, we'll go into in a second. The Gemara says there's always room for sweets. Rav there is always room for sweets, even if a person is uh, is is already full. A person could could, could still eat dessert, um, <clears throat> and so therefore, he says, this this is a promise that this is a bracha that if Klal Yisrael is keeping Torah mitzvos. The, the the food will be so delicious that even your lechem will be able to be eaten after you're full. Meaning, it'll taste like dessert. So, and he says that's the same thing with the carbon Pesach. The idea of the carbon the Pesach being, being eaten la sova, when you're satisfied, he says the deeper idea over here is that it should be so sweet to be able to perform the mitzvah, not just the taste, but the the idea, the ability to know you're so excited that oh my gosh, I'm about to do the mitzvah of Karim Pesach, that you could even eat, in, e- you could even eat it when you're when you're already full. That is the idea <clears throat> behind eating the Karim Pesach uh, Allah Sova. So the Chassam Sova goes into the the Gemara Megillah, and the Gemara is discussing somebody who is, who said he was able to eat an incredible amount. and says. How is he able to eat so much? And <clears throat> the Gemara gives two answers. One of the answers is that a poor person could be hungry and not even know it. That a person is he's so hungry that he forgot what it feels like to feel hungry. And therefore he feels like he's full, but he's not actually full. He's 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 actually starving, but he's he's in such a bad situation that he forgot what it feels like to to think, oh, I need to fill my my uh My hunger—that's one answer. The other answer of the Gemara is like we said: there's always some room for dessert. Some room for dessert. So the Chassam Sofer says that it's very interesting that the uh, eating of the karma Pesach in general, he says, has really two different things. It's reminding us of number one, it's remind uh, to to eat it on a full stomach. Number one, it reminds us, like the Gemara says, how poor we were, how hungry we were, that we were so hungry. That it was such a pathetic situation that we didn't even realize we were hungry. It was as if we were full and we were eating it after we, after we were full. That's one of the zichronos, to remember what a terrible and pathetic situation we were in. However, he says there's another idea that nowadays we take that same situation and we say we're in such a good mood, we're so happy, we're so excited to be able to do the mitzvah that therefore even if now we're actually satisfied, we're not poor anymore, but even if we are satisfied, there's always room for dessert. There's always the opportunity to say, if I'm so excited to do, to do this mitzvah, even if it wasn't something I was expecting uh, <clears throat> and that I need, it's, it's, there's going to be room for it. And that's, uh, I think, uh, he, he goes on, but uh, I think we could sort of take this to the next level is that, uh, you know, the basic idea he's bringing out is that mitzvahs should be so sweet to us that we perform them, we, we get excited to perform them, even when we're full. Whether that means when we're physically full, that we're not hungry and we have a mitzvah to eat. But it could be emotionally or spiritually, that the idea that uh, I don't just need to do a mitzvah because, oh, I'm, I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling like really out of it, so I need to have a good davening. It doesn't have to be that there's a feeling of I'm lacking something really strong, therefore I need to do this it could sort of exist on its own. Even if I'm satisfied, I'm doing just fine, I'm very happy, I'm very content, but the opportunity to do a mitzvah gets me so excited that there's always room to do more. I think that's the general idea, beautiful idea from Chazam Sofer. Okay, let's uh, go on to a story. Uh, my son, Menachem, shared this with me, thank you. And uh, he, he read a story of, a of Yaakov Kamenetsky, So Rav Yaakov was uh, having surgery, and after the surgery, he woke up, and they generally want to check, how is the person doing? Uh, Are they disoriented? Are they aware? And so they said, they gave him a piece of paper and a pen, and they said, here, you know, write something down. So he wrote down a pasach, and uh, they looked at him. They said, everybody writes their name. Um, why don't you write your name? So when I heard this story, I was thinking it, it, this is going to be a lesson about not being self-absorbed. Um, but that's not that's not what he said, <laughs> right? He, he, he said, he explained to them that uh, it's a halacha. He says the halacha, the Gemara says, that you shouldn't just sign your name on a blank piece of paper because somebody could... Uh, could find it, and then they could write a uh, shtar, they could write that you owe them money, mm-hmm. and then your name is sitting there. So it, it's not a good idea whether or not it's, a, it's a halacha, it's allowed, either way, it's not encouraged, So says therefore he wrote a pasuk. So uh, fascinating little story. I, I think uh, there, there's a few different lessons over here. Um, certainly how sharp Rav Yaakov was and how, uh, how very much oriented he was to, to be constantly aware of, of what the Torah says. I, I just think there's something very, very special to think about, that, uh, that a gadol and all of us on our level, uh, no matter what's, what's going on, there's always a Torah angle. There's always a Jewish way, a Torah way, a Chazal way of looking at something and seeing it a little bit different. And, you know, I think that's the, the goal of our lives, is to really orient our way of thinking uh, to 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 what the halacha says, even if it doesn't seem so practical. But you you see somebody like like Rav Yaakov, no matter what was going on, he's thinking, how does this connect to Torah? So uh, in advance of shavuos, certainly that's something we keep in mind. Okay, so the Shila is as follows: uh, <clears throat> I'm a shulach, so a, 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 a shulach goes in to a gvir, and the gvir is 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 somebody who's also a talmud chacham. He's holding in a sugya. And he starts schmoozing with the with the He and he asks him like a really bomb kasha on a sugya. Uh, so the Masholoch, who maybe he knows his stuff as well, but he was not holding. He, he did not know the answer to this question. And okay, he got a, he got a little check, and and that was it. <clears throat> he uh, sees his friend, another moshulach, soon after, and. He says, oh, where are you going? The second Mishal says, oh, I'm about to go to that gvir. How do you do over there? And he says, "He says, well, I got some inside information. He says, well, what do you have? He says, well, uh, this, this gvir is in the middle of learning you know, such and such, Sogyo, and he's got a bomb kasha. I'll tell you the kasha. He says, if you could work on this question, if you could figure out uh, the answer, if you could be holding in general... Uh, he he was very clear. He was very excited to talk and learning. He was very clear that he would be happy to to, to you know give a bigger check if uh, if someone's holding. So uh, Shimon the second uh, the second Misholuch, he does not go directly to the kavir. He goes directly to the base medrash, and he goes to base medrash. He learns the sugya. He, he 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 figures it out. He comes up with an answer to the question. He goes in to the kavir and. The gvir, sure enough, he starts talking to him and learning, and he says, "Oh well, you know, I guess what I would say about this is," and he uh, he gives he gives a fantastic answer to the question of the gvir, and uh, like suspected by the first misholach, the gvir is very excited, and he actually says he says, "Wow, you're you're, you're a chash of a guy," and uh, here he gives him a, a really much more significant check than he would have given otherwise, um, and the, the shayla comes up. It was this okay, or was this a certain type of lying? Maybe we call it gnevas das, that uh, you're, you're giving over some implications uh, differently than the situation. You, in, in a regular uh, circumstance, you would not be holding in this uh, in this sugya. You would not be holding to that extent, and you gave over the impression that you're holding. So is it gnevas das? Um, <clears throat> so, Rav Silverstein goes into a uh, really interesting discussion. He says, there's a Yerushalmi. And the Yerushalmi says, actually says something very similar. The Yerushalmi says, that it's Gnevis Das to pretend you know two Mesechtas if you only know one. You, you can't, you can't, uh, Prav, as they would say, that you know more than, than, uh, than you know. Uh, the Marit Though he brings a Gemara in and he asks the Gemara in Chulin are the Bavli and the Yoshalmi arguing? Are they the same? Because the Gemara in Chulin seems to say that you're not responsible for Genevas Das if someone else makes a mistake. Meaning you are not allowed to purposely, uh, purposely mislead somebody. But at the same time, uh, if somebody else just makes his own mistake and made his, his own assumptions and you didn't communicate anything like that, then that's on him, it's not on you. So, how do the two go together? Do the Bavli and the Yerushalmi go together? So, um, the Marit actually answers and he says that the is actually talking about where they, they, not just they assume, wow, this guy knows his stuff, he knows the second Masechta, they actually say it to him. They say, wow, you clearly know other Masechtas this well. You must know two Masechtas. And he doesn't correct them. That's as if he's, shtika uh, koda. it's as if, his silence is admitting that, yeah, I do know two mesech. And that's straight up lying. That's gnei das. People are going to treat you in a different way and give you more COVID. That's what Yushalayim is talking about. The Bible is talking about where you didn't say anything. And the person didn't say this to you. You just see he has this assumption. But you never made this claim. You never agreed to this claim. And therefore, uh, it's totally fine. He actually brings... That uh, that a story happened. Two stories are brought down with Rav Khan inspector Specter. Yitzchok uh One time he he went to a hotel. They had one safer there. This one safer, and he said, "Okay, let me take a look at it." And he, it was on Hilchas Tefillah, He's looking, and then he came to to a place where uh, it, it was. Um, he he was trying out for it. It was a it was a Prabha, and they asked him literally this shayla that he had been learning and. He said, well, uh, he said what the safer said, and they were like, wow, and then they found the safer and they said, wow, this person knows this stuff. And another story. Also, with he was uh, taking a prabha at, uh, to be the Rav in Nevardik, and right before he left on the wagon, he took a look at a tosas. He figured, I'll look at the tosas now, and I'll, I'll think about the tosas throughout the whole, uh, the whole ride there. And he thought about the tosas, he, he worked on it, Rav Yitzchak Hanan on his own new new Shasbi in any way but this one he was Mamish working on very very uh, in depth and the next day uh, they came over to him they want to talk to him in learning somebody nothing to do with with his initiative somebody uh, brings up this Tostas and Rav Yitzchak Hanan was holding he asked this question that question and they were uh, absolutely blown away and uh, he said this is this is this is siyata dishmaya. Uh And when Rev. Zilberstein asked Chaim Knievsky, uh, he said, what's the halacha here? That's what Chaim said. He said, it's siyata deshmayah. It's such a strange situation for this to happen, you know, that uh, he has every right to learn the sugya. it doesn't have to say anything. He shouldn't lie. If the president asks him, you know, were you just learning the sugya? He could say, yeah, I was just learning the sugya. Uh, if you, he, if he you know, probe him more and say you know, tell me another suga you're holding in, you know, I meaning he can't lie, but uh, he says this is just fine. So uh, that's that's the, the, the Shiloh over here. It's totally fine. And uh, yeah, we should all be zochet to be holding and learning, uh, even without being tipped off. Everyone have a great Shabbos. Take care.